0: Oh, good stuff. You know, they want to know why I play this as a bumper song. I play it as a bumper song because I can get out of it before it makes me cry. You know, I'm going to yell at this guy for that. Say hi to Art. Hi, Art. How are you, sir? Hey,
1: Jim. You going to yell at me, too?
0: Hey, man, you must be so used to it. You got to be so used to this. I got to tell you. Now, I know we got to sell your albums. I don't want to be talking about going on YouTube and seeing stuff. But I got to tell you, when I was show prepping for you, and it's got to be fascinating for you to go look at people now in 2008 that are all commenting on on a lot of the the broken families that they're dealing with. Not even what you wrote about. I, I went up last night. they're saying, you, sh- you know, my house, it should have been called Mother of Mine. Yeah, I did the same. My dad left this. That. I mean, this is now. So you could not have possibly been ready for how many people you touched with a song like Father
1: of Mine. Well, I didn't even think about it, man. I wrote it because I wrote it for me. You know, I think I think the best artwork comes from a selfish place, and then it goes out and people connect with it and and that's when it, it it you know that's when it motivates people that's when it becomes bigger than itself i i remember writing this song and playing it for a friend of mine this this girl that worked at the radio uh, la- uh, at the record label I was at at the time and halfway through she was bawling i mean like literally bawling and this wasn't a girl this wasn't a woman who <laughs> cried like that she was considered the iron you know she was the enforcer in the office and she was bawling and um so i knew that i was going to touch a nerve with it and i didn't know if it was going to be a big hit or not i thought it was either i thought it was going to maybe just irritate a lot of people
0: (laughs) Uh, well you know what it is was funny i'm on the opposite end of that i have now my kids are i got married late in life my kids are 11 and 6 okay and when I, i i never leave home because i the reasons you mentioned in your song, and I wanted to always be around my kids. But I had to go on a trip, and I was starting some TV show on the East Coast. So I was gone for about a month, and I had a bunch of... My, my wife put together some sort of a, a, you know greatest hits of a bunch of rock bands, and you, yours was on there. And I had the opposite reaction. I was saying to myself, I'm not making this mistake. This guy reminds me in the song that when you're 10, 11 years old... It's big to notice your father's not there or someone's not there. I got to make sure I get home, and I I was I was so conscious of it. I'll tell you, I take it a step further. Last night I sat with my boy, and I said, "You know, I'm going to interview a guy that didn't have what you have. Do me a favor. I'll give you the memories. Your job is to concentrate on them and remember them. So when you're an old timer, that you have a different feel.
1: You know, not take it for granted. That's exactly, and and to appreciate it. Well, I mean, how do you inspire a kid to do that? I got a teenager, and and a a seven-month-old, and um, it's um, you know, and I'm a pretty cognizant dad. And you know, to tell you the truth, Jim, going away on a business trip—that's not—that's not not being there for your kid. I I think that you can travel too much, and that starts to create a, a gulf. Of sorts, but I mean, I know a lot of people that come up to me and go, "You know, my dad was there every night, but he wasn't there." Yeah, good point. You know, and I think it's different. You know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily just being there. It's like being there present and and being interested. And yeah, going to all the soccer and baseball games, and going out to the PTA meetings and all that stuff. It matters, and they don't appreciate it now, but they will someday.
0: Well, you know, it's funny, I, and you know, and I, I, I kept the privacy of your Tucson connection, but I did
1: tell people. You oh, know, we... my my mother in law, really. Yeah, so, yeah. Saying... She, my fiance's mom. Well, I mom, figure... my fiance's from Tucson. People you... always see me around Tucson. Like, wow, you must really love Tucson. And I go, actually, I do, really do love Tucson, but I'm here because, you know, my my my, my family's here. Well, so. I would tell
0: the story. I was in a meeting, and I said to these guys, you know, I, I'm going to talk to Art from Everclear. I'm going to put it kind of near Father's Day. And they just looked at me with a blank stare like, you're picking that guy?
1: And I'm like, no, no, well, no. what's no. their perception? Because you wrote that to me, and I don't get that because I, I don't know. No, because
0: I said, look, just because his dad, you know, wasn't the ideal situation, I said, this guy stopped the chain. This is cool. But if your if future mother-in-law... Loves your butt I figure that's a safe bet, you know? That's like that that's the litmus test.
1: That is a, that, that is the acid test and all acid tests, isn't it? Yeah. I well, I really love her. She's great and uh she, she listens to you pretty religiously and wanted me to go on there and uh, um you know, and uh, I checked you out. I did a little I did a little checking out myself and uh I, I think what you do is really cool. I think it's pretty fair. And um uh, I like the perspective you're coming from.
0: Yeah, I'm straight news guy, so I don't really know how else to do it and just just try to have some fun. People, when I started this, they would say, what are you talking to music people for, you know? Talk about politics. Talk about—and I'm like, what? Why is it mutually exclusive? I mean, you guys all grew up with garage bands. We all did this stuff. i got to ask you about lyrics. You've had tremendous success, Art, with what I consider simple but deep lyrics, and one of them I had to write down was uh, Promises, that, that line about promises when you're little and the world is so big. And I, what is it from? Wonderful? Wonderful. Um just a simple lyric. I'll never forget it. It's just a simple lyric, but you really had a feel for what it was like to be a child. How did you retain that all your life?
1: Probably because I've never grown up. I don't know. Um, you know, I think it—it's it, it, weird. It's like I—I—I I, I went through. I was a child of divorce, and my oldest daughter was a child of divorce. And watching her go through it, uh, even though she went through it in a much different way than I did. Uh, in a much, I don't want to say better way, I don't know if there's any better way to do it, but, um, man, you know, she has two parents that have her every other week and and, um, are very interested and just, I mean, that kid can't get a break, you know? (laughs) There's no room for her to, like, just go off and screw off because both of her parents have been through the the mill and now we're we're pretty, I wouldn't say conservative politically, but we're pretty conservative parents. My kid hasn't, really had much of a chance to do anything because i've been i've been pretty overprotective probably because i wasn't overprotected so i think i have kind of overcompensated
0: yeah but no. you, you say things in songs like i i like to hear my father talk and that just touches me because it really isn't all the big things all the time it's just maybe remembering the feel of your dad's hand or something like that uh, you, yeah you know now, and- i remember
1: my daddy picking me up and walking around and him talking and of course i didn't know what he was talking about but just the sound of his voice was reassuring oh it's, yeah.
0: it's unbelievable and i want to get into the the new stuff and and your Vegas years and your new stuff but i gotta ask you know at least going by lyrics you you eventually went from to me you have a pop influence because i love that you have this uh signature and i don't know music well enough to know what you would call it but this strum beat that you start a lot of your songs with and that combined with a, a distinctive voice you always know when art is singing something, you have this. And you have some pop influence. When I listen to something like AM radio and things like that, but you grew up in an African-American community in, as you were a late, late child, right? Did you have any influence from that culture as well?
1: Well, absolutely, but it, man, well, you, we're about the same age, right? We're 40s, I'm 52. 60s, I'm 52, age. yeah. Okay. Back then, pop radio played everything they played the beatles they played motown they played everything it was they played hispanic bands they played native american bands and they didn't even call them native americans and they called them indians you know what i mean it was like if it was a hit song they played it on pop radio and in la i grew up with 93 khd man it was this huge super powerful um just pop radio station and i just remember you know i was i i was a little poor kid living in a housing project i couldn't afford um records or stuff like that but when i wanted to hear something i listened to the radio and i'd listen and listen and listen until my song came on and it was actually kind of exciting because i really appreciated it you know it's like my kid just turns on her ipod and you know <laughs> sure. she immediate gratification and I think, uh, I don't know, I think maybe that's what gave me the first love I have of music. And, and, and you talk about pop music, man. I love pop music. I love good pop music. Well, your, okay. cover,
0: your cover album show, I mean, Boys Are Back in Town, Brown Eyed Girls, stuff like that is classic pop. Except, what were you thinking when you did All Lips Are Sealed?
1: No, only, I, I love that song. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm I just a so it- guy. You know what? I had a guy come up to me the other day, this big, burly guy with a beard, and I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's going to hit me. And um, he was like, man, I really love that song. You do that Go-Go song. <laughs> and he goes, my wife, my wife loves it, and I think it's cool. And he was the first guy to ever say it, because usually guys do what you do. They're like, so what's up with that song?
0: Well, we went and played it and you you rock it out. So it's obviously not like uh, it, it wasn't what I expected. Now, <laughs> now what do you do what do you do when you're in a situation? I got to ask you. It's not a personal question, but it's a personal music question. Every time in, in growing up and, and watching artists have hits, to me as a guy who does not write music, the most difficult situation, wh- correct my, my logic for me, Art. I see it like this. You say, okay, I need another hit. I love this. I got the lyrics from my heart already. I, I already know what I am, How what sort of formula I like to put into my music. But I've seen bands do the exact thing. Same process and then not have a hit. It's got to be the most frustrating. I mean, I'm sure your favorite lyric song is is not your top song. For example, you know.
1: Yeah, n- not really. You mean not, top song, but it's like biggest radio play and yeah, yeah, most famous song. I don't know. I think Wonderful is a pretty perfect pop song for me. You know, I, I got to tell you, Jim. I don't. I've always been really kind of skeptical of people who try to write pop hit songs. Hit songs. I write songs, and some songs are more accessible to a larger amount of people than others. It's, you know, but I just keep writing songs, and I I guess I'm kind of a throwback, because when I make records, I make records. I make a whole record. All the songs fit together, and they sound right together, because that's what I grew up with, the classic rock records that I grew up with, the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, you know, stuff like that, where you could listen to a record all the way through. And, um, I just, when I, I I mean, there are songs, I know that when I write songs that, uh, and come up with certain lines, I, I have a feeling that they might make a bigger impact than some other songs like Santa Monica, our first big song. When I played that for people, like friends of mine, they were like, that sounds like a hit song. I could hear that on the radio. Yeah, definitely. Well, well you know, and I don't know. I, I guess listening to a lot of pop radio growing up growing up kinda of gave me that sensibility, you know, that that uh kind of staccato stagger rhythm that you were talking about. I use it a lot. I try not to use it too much. But um I uh you know, I I just I try to reinvent myself but at the same time I always try to stay true to what it is I'm doing instead of trying to just I think a lot of bands there's a couple of bands out now that just put out records that they're trying to be totally different than what they were, and it just doesn't sound right. You know.
0: Well, you guys get pressure, right? People want to say, "Hey, give me a fresh sound. Give me something new. Give me this. Give me that." And I mean, how much? You don't strike me as a guy who listens too much to producers and that type.
1: <laughs> I don't. I, I produce all. I, I produce everything we've ever done. No, I um, I don't listen to anybody. You can ask my. <laughs> you can ask my fiance that. She'll tell you. All right, I got to
0: ask you this though. When, when you're in a situation like you are now, you're, I mean, you're a rock star, but now you have the age that gives you that conservative family values and all that kind of stuff that goes along with it, which doesn't always have to conflict. But we were joking here because I said I, I, I'm going to send Art an email to remind him about the interview because I don't know if he's still like a rock star or if he's a dad, you know. So, so you were both apparently because I, we said on the first of all that, that you kind of spaced on the time, which was cool, but which was right. a rock rock star thing.
1: I didn't space on the time. I explained to your guy. My teenage daughter, who was supposed to be at school at 7.55, comes knocking on my door at 6 o'clock and goes, I forgot, we have a different schedule because we're getting ready for finals. So she didn't have to go to school to 8.40.
0: Oh, cool. But then I said, but then the other side, you're driving your daughter to school. Like That's such a dad thing.
1: I drive my daughter to school every day. I uh, I wish she would get to school by herself, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, I um, you no, know, you know what, man? You know, it's funny. is it what you were saying earlier about the your friends going, man? You should talk about politics and this and that. And I'm just I'm just curious. You, you probably talk a lot of politics on the show. Aren't you sick of talking to political pundits?
0: Oh, every day, man! I'm totally sick of it.
1: These guys are so. These guys and gals are so. Crazy! I, I, I'm watching them on TV. You know, I mean, that—that's my addiction right now. Is—is is like reading and writing blogs, political blogs, and I go both. I, I read both sides. I go uh, Republican, conservative, Democrat, liberal. I I want to see what people are thinking, and there's such a divide right now. But it's almost—it's almost like a cartoon kind of when people get on there. You can—you can tell what they're going to say before they say it, and that to me is. Kind of boring that's a
0: big turn off art, and that's what changed my career a little bit, and why I don't take it all that seriously because they're reading talking points on the internet and spitting it out. Both sides are doing the same thing, and anyone who's extreme on both sides doing that, I got no interest in that's not that's not interesting it,
1: it, it, extremism isn't interesting. it's predictable watching the the women in uh d c Um, shouting horrible things because Hillary didn't get the vote she wanted. I mean, and then, you know, I mean, and it's on both sides, and there's men that are doing the same thing on the other side, the Tennessee GOP saying bad things about Barack Obama's wife. I mean, come on, guys, it's like... You know, why, why can't we have a, let's have a dialogue. We believe this, you believe that, that's cool. We don't necessarily have to agree, but we can agree to disagree. And people are just like, but you know what, Jim? That doesn't make good radio. That doesn't make good TV.
0: How about Jesus was a Democrat, though?
1: <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to bring that one up. Yeah, I just, I, I just, we just recorded it the other day. It's pretty rocking. Um, yeah, that's going to make me a lot of friends in the South, I think. <laughs>
0: well, you know, I, I, I haven't heard the lyrics, obviously, yet, but I would see where you're coming from. I mean, that's that's sort of that uh, um, PC help everybody kind of mentality. Well, I mean, are I'd, you I'd, a Christian? Uh,
1: yeah. Okay. So you, you, you probably grew up in the King James version of the Bible?
0: Well um, back uh, back East Coast we were we were quiet about church and religion. We didn't Were well, you Catholic?
1: Uh, yeah Catholic, yeah. Okay, well then your Bible definitely had it. You remember the red letters in the Bible in the New Testament?
0: No, oh, remind me.
1: Okay. Well the Red Letters is is basically when Jesus would speak. That was his words verbatim. Ah, okay, okay. Okay, so there's a new movement of Christians called the Red Letter Christians that are basically going back to that. It's it's kind of, it, it's a very, it's considered very liberal. The right wing calls it very liberal. What it is is very moderate return, um, and it's kind of anti-extremism in Christianity. And I've, I've it's really funny, because I grew up in a household where my mom was um, born-again ev- evangelical, and, uh, you know, I used to get pulled to these, these meetings and dunked in water and, and played over people talking in tongues and all this stuff.
0: Oh yeah, people right here in town. Is it there's a church here that I heard did that. It's a it's a little different, Art. Hey Art, when are you gonna come down in Tucson, sit in the studio?
1: Um well I'm gonna be in Tucson Oh, sometime this year. We come every couple of months. You know, Grandma's got to get her baby fixed, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on in the studio, and we'll spend some time, and we'll uh, we'll push your albums and just talk about life in general.
1: Okay, maybe, I'll, maybe you'll let me
0: play Jesus as a Democrat on the radio. Hey, we'll play it. I have no <laughs> rules here, Art. I'm not a big rules guy. Awesome. Well, it was great talking to you, man. My pleasure, man. All, All right. right, Art. We'll talk to you soon.